Welcome to the Stoic Sage. In this podcast, we are dedicated to using past knowledge tested by time to empower people of today. This podcast series includes discussions around modern challenges utilizing wisdom from nearly 2,000 years ago with the goal of bringing about how to think rather than what to think. Welcome to the journey to sagehood. Those who can be compelled do not know how to die. Seneca. Hello, my fellow Stoics. Welcome to the collection of powerful quotes series, whereby each month I pick out quotes and reflect on their importance and how they can be applied to today. If you follow Stoic Sage on Instagram at the Stoic Sage, you will have most likely seen these posts. But more importantly, it's extremely important to not only see these kinds of posts on the internet and social media, but to reflect on why they are important to live by. As I've said in the past, and like many of the Stoics have also said time and time again, embody the philosophy that you preach. On today's list, we have about five quotes that I wanted to go over for you guys, and these are for the last month. So that was for the month of August as I do them every beginning of the month. (laughs) So the first quote is, Be a free thinker and don't accept everything you hear as truth. Be critical and evaluate what you believe. This is by Aristotle. I like to think of this quote as maintaining indifference to everything you hear. You can obviously have your first impressions, but still, Moderate yourself, first and foremost. Utilize all of your virtues that you live by as a Stoic. Remember to look through each one. Am I being moderate with myself? Um, Is this thought that I'm having a true form of justice? Or is it my form of justice? Um, Am I being wise with choosing this opinion or that opinion? And am I being courageous in the way that I'm expressing myself? Or um, is this the right moment to be courageous? Right? That's what I like to think of this quote, uh, first and foremost, about this quote. Uh, Being a free thinker, always trying to uh, test your mental impressions, essentially. This quote really reminds me to maintain a view from a lofty height as well. Because... I should neither accept or deny until reasoning with myself and evaluating why I would accept or deny what I'm being told. Whatever direction I take, is it done so with logic and reason? And then, you know, tested with the reality of the world. I think that's the really big thing that we can all continue to learn as Stoics. So the Stoics, we have to remember that Stoics didn't just preach the four virtues. But it was a school of teaching. And when you look at Zeno's um, philosophy and and how he taught Stoicism, a lot of it was uh, the three fields. And um, there's the three fields and the the three disciplines. Oh, almost forgot it there. (laughs) Um, But you have to use all of them in order to properly make logical and reasonable decisions. 
you know, test them against physics, which is the reality of the world. There is the way that we'd like the world to be, but what is the current reality that we must navigate with? And then you make the most logical and reasonable choice or decision or thought, whether you accept something or deny something. You know, a, a, a lot of just because you use logic and reason doesn't mean that you can use it on a false world. That's not how it works. Right. And that's what being a free thinker is. It's being free to think in all ways to even think about the things that you wouldn't like to be true, but are absolutely true. These are objective realities. You see, the world and humanity are filled with emotion, a very valuable thing. However, it can be more harmful than good when making decisions that have a heavy impact, especially with the world today, the world of information. The world, in a sense, I think we can all agree, is ruled by emotion. You know, how somebody makes you feel is, is will make the big decision on whether or not you'll believe them or not. And that's really a little disheartening, honestly. <laughs> not the most logical, not the most reasonable way to go about things, but it shows you that we as humans are emotional beings and, it, and emotion is manipulated a lot more often. It's very hard to test logic. It's very hard to test reason. Those kind of discussions are very difficult to have for a reason. That's why debate is so difficult to have because you're testing your logic with someone else's logic. You can't use emotion or it's very rare to use it. Only when you're trying to sway an opinion of somebody, then you'll use emotion. But you can't sway logic and reason. It's very difficult to do so. Um, so that's what I think about with this quote. Be critical and evaluate what you believe. Evaluate why do I believe the things that I believe. For the second quote, those who are compelled do not know how to die. And I know that that was today's quote of the day, but I really liked this quote. I like to think of this. When you are convinced of things, which is to say, told what to think, it becomes difficult to dissect the world when approached with something that causes disillusionment. I guess you could say when you've had your mind blown by a fact, but you believed in its opposite, it can sometimes hit you so hard you don't know what to think anymore, don't know how to respond, how to feel. In this case, you don't know how to come back when you have already accepted what you think. Those moments are really those pivotal moments, right? And in, in someone's life when they've realized, oh my God, that was never my opinion to begin with. I can't even protect that opinion. I can't even logic my way with protecting it or um, um, upholding this opinion that I have. When that happens, it generally is because it was never your opinion to begin with. It was someone else's opinion that you've accepted. But did it pass your logic and your reasoning? Did it pass the test of being tested by reality? Right? Then that's just the scratching of the surface of this quote, though. Because let's focus a little bit more on the dying portion. Right? That The first portion is more about being compelled. That's what I think about when, when I think about those who are compelled do not know how to die. So on the second part... Focusing on the dying portion, to know how to die is to accept one's fate, to accept reality. 
right? To accept what comes in life, whether it be good or bad, whether it be for glory or for suffering. When you accept this fate as something necessary to experience, this is how we begin to find our meaning of living life, to know how to die. Because it is your reason, right? It should be your reason, tested by your logic and your reason, to know how to die. And, and when it's saying how to die, it's more so about what you suffered for. What was your purpose of going through and seeing the end of your life, seeing yourself to the end of your existence? Did you know how to die based on your reasoning or were you compelled? And that's where the two, it's such a complex quote. This one I really, really think about a lot, right? Because you have to test it against yourself. You have to have your own reason, your own meaning for living. Uh, just recently, I was scrolling through the Instagrams and, um, and a little bit of Reddit as well. And there is this rise of nihilism, it seems. And, and, and um, my buddy on Shane from Renaissance Wisdom, uh, you guys should check him out. But uh, he came on the show uh, um, a while back and was talking about how people don't really know the true philosophy behind nihilism. Because what, what I'm seeing is a lot of, um, it seems to be younger people that are entering the world of philosophy and, and they see nihilism as a sort of, the world is meaningless. So why even do good or, or do bad if it's all going to end to begin with? That's a very difficult thing to kind of think about, right? And in a way, when someone's been so stubborn to live that way, it's hard to penetrate it with logic and reason because their logic and their reasoning is it's all pointless, which in a lot of ways is true, right? It is true that uh, a lot of things are meaningless as far as many of it is out of my control, right? But you have to place that reasoning behind it. You have to place that meaning behind it. And especially when I was thinking about uh, this book that I had read in the past, which is a, a man's um, search for meaning. When I was talking to these people on Instagram, especially about nihilism, somebody was asking me, well, what's the point? There is no reasoning. Like, what, what's the point of finding a meaning? And everybody's meaning is different. You can't compare your meaning to someone else's meaning. It's illogical to do that. We all live very different lives. But... The purpose behind finding that meaning is because you will face difficulty in life. That's a fact of reality. You will encounter your hardest days. You have encountered your hardest days and you will continue to encounter harder days. That's how life is. That's an objective reality of life. And what's difficult for you is not going to be difficult for somebody else. We have to remember that too. Everybody's experience is different. But nonetheless, to that individual, everybody experiences difficulty. Now, when you find meaning in your life, you have to remember that it doesn't have to be some grandiose statement. It doesn't have to be for a creator. It doesn't have to be for a religion. It doesn't have to be um, some super sentimental statement. It doesn't have to be. And it changes. It can change by the hour. 
by the day, by the month, by the year. It doesn't have to remain the same either. But your meaning, when you find it, any type of issues or conflict you encounter in life, you can get through it because you've found your meaning. You know what you need to do to get and complete that meaning or to encounter that meaning, to fulfill that meaning. And in this book by Viktor Frankl that I, that I read, Man's Search for Meaning, he told of a lot of people who passed away you know, during the Holocaust. And there were some people who passed away because they had no meaning. A lot of them grew depressed and actually died from depression. A lot of them did. And a big reason behind that was because they've either put too much meaning in something specific that they knew wasn't reality, or they just didn't have one that was that they can test against everything. They were beaten down. Their meaning was destroyed. And the people that did survive, the people that were able to push through and, and, and get through to it, they all had a meaning behind why they were continuing on. And remember how I mentioned it can be simple. There, Viktor Frankl encountered people who their meaning was simply, I need to live past this so I can taste the bread in Paris again. How simple that meaning is helped people get through the worst parts in their entire lives. You know, that is the reason why you need a meaning. That is a reason why you can, you know, not be compelled, right? When you understand your meaning. And then when it comes to knowing how to die, you know that tested against the realities, you know that you have to get through this suffering to get to your meaning. That's how you know how to die. When you know that you have to push through everything and until your dying breath, you will suffer if that's the point of getting to your meaning. That's why it's important. And that's why, in my opinion, <laughs> the people on, on uh, nihilism recently talking with them, it's, it's so interesting. It, it makes me think, have you ever thought about a meaning? It doesn't have to be. <laughs> Humans have been trying to search for a meaning for a lifetime. Many, many, many lifetimes. And I think we, we can all agree that at this point, just make one yourself and make it so strong that it can help you push through anything. So that was for that quote. <laughs> On to the third quote. Harsh feedback hurts less than harsh outcomes. And this is by Marcus Aurelius. You see, feedback is necessary for growth. As I've said on the podcast, being challenged is a gift by anybody. It is a gift. It's a moment to spar with somebody. It's an opportunity to test your mental impressions, especially if you're being tested logically. It's an opportunity to recognize one's faults and become a better human. In most of these moments, when you are given feedback, it's important to let go of your ego and look at yourself critically in the lens, in their lens. If the criticism comes from a place of logic and reason, it makes no sense to get emotionally wrapped up. Because remember, if you are being challenged or, or you're getting feedback, let's say the term feedback for me, it work nine to five pops in my head. <laughs> um, but let's use this as, as an example. When you're given feedback, you shouldn't 
immediately think, well, that's not how I am. Or what, what, what is this? Like, even if your intent isn't to be a certain way, you are being perceived that way. Therefore, your actions are not matching what your intentions are. So sometimes it may feel like an emotional attack given you're like, well, I think I'm doing well. I think I'm doing great. Well, you're not being perceived that way. So change the way you're being perceived. Change your actions. Now, is that attack on you as a person? No, just your actions. Just the logical steps that your mind has made, the rational logical steps in your mind that you've made with the decisions that are following. So, if anything, they're testing your logic, not necessarily you as a person. They're not saying you are a bad person. They're saying, here's feedback. You are acting this way or you are not performing to this amount. Like that's logic. That's all logical. Hold your ego behind and look at yourself critically. You don't have to say anything sometimes. You don't have to. You can sit back and just say, well, thank you for that. I will have to you know, look at myself critically and uh, I'll take a look at myself. Give me some time. You know, it also doesn't need to be a major confrontation when you're given feedback. Feedback is good. It's necessary for you, necessary for all of us. And it takes courage to stand up against somebody's actions with feedback. You should approach this person with appreciation if you're, if somebody's standing up to you. Like, wow, this person's being courageous because not many people can even do that. You should refrain from making harsh judgments just yet until you seek to understand where their opinions are coming from. Remember, critically analyze yourself. Is this feedback good or bad? Will I become a better person with their feedback? Understand that it's better to bruise the ego than to continue on the path and face a harsh outcome. Don't be foolish is really what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and really what Marcus Aurelius is saying. It's better to face far, uh, harsh feedback than harsh outcomes. Now, before we get into the last two quotes, have you heard about the exclusive content from the Stoic Sage podcast? So in addition to the two-week uh, two episodes per week, we'll be releasing exclusive weekly episodes that discuss topics around morality, modern politics, and general controversy. As Stoics, it's important to expose and practice our virtue with even the most challenging topics. This exclusive content will be available to those who sign up via the link in the bio. All episodes will be ad-free and unfiltered, as much as the ancient Stoics were with their opinions. And by signing up, you are tremendously supporting the show and these additional episodes will be live every Friday. You'll be able to see them when they're posted, but they will be locked or unavailable depending on the podcasting platform you're using. So I'm really excited to be presenting these episodes to you guys, and I thank you for all the continued support thus far. So, on to the fourth quote by Plato. The madness of love is the greatest of heaven's blessings. When it comes to loving uh, one's fellow man, which is to say your best friend or friends, family or a significant other, the ancient Stoics knew how important emotions were. The Stoics, again, were not emotionless people. In fact, we as Stoics should understand the importance of emotion in modern life as well. 
It is with an excess that we find the madness of love, though. The reason I like this quote a lot is because it showcases the Stoics' clear understanding of experiencing love. Love is a beautiful thing. And remember, there's nothing wrong with showing love. There's nothing wrong with being, every now and again, being bent, bending over backwards for love. Nothing wrong with that. It is, if you are acting completely irrationally, all the time, you know, it's within reason, right? Because that's how, that is really how you show love as well. And that's how you like to be loved sometimes too, with elaborate gifts and surprises, you know, in a way it becomes logical to do that because that's who we are as beings. But not just love in itself, but the irrationality behind it, right? Let's talk about that for a little bit. I've been in a 10-year relationship. It can indeed be irrational sometimes. <laughs> but it's these moments of irrationality where we find the madness in love. And for, your lo and for any of your loved ones, sometimes it's most logical to be a little irrational, to feel a little too much for those that you love sometimes. Now, don't take this as a cop-out to be irrational all the time or accept irrational behavior all the time. There is a healthy balance of rational and irrational irrationality with love. When you learn this balance, it becomes logical. You see, the Stoics always said that we have the gift of irrationality or rationality. <laughs> I'm skipping too far ahead here. We have the gift of rationality. This is what separates us from the rest of the animals. But to accept our ability to rationalize, you must accept the, its opposite as a fact of the human experience. When you choose to be loyal with another human, you experience their irrational behavior just as much as they may experience yours. It's a beautiful thing to experience everything that makes up your significant other, just as they experience everything that makes up you. Truly one of heaven's blessings. But it's logical to experience irrationality. It's logical to experience your own irrationality. We go through it all the time. We're not emotionless beings. We have irrational moments, but it's within those moments do we rationalize with ourselves, right? That's how we moderate ourselves. That's how we are stoics. That's how we live by being stoics. Now, when it comes to love, you also can't expect any of your loved ones or friends to live by the ways of stoicism. You can't expect that from them. So I saw something on, on Reddit a while ago, right, where it was like on stoic support and a woman was asking the stoic community, hey, my boyfriend is, you know, he loves stoicism and I feel like he's become a more disciplined man. Awesome. We applaud him. But he has, and she would say, but he has an issue showcasing love now. He's basically become an, emo an emotionless person saying that l love is irrational, is, is an irrational thing to feel, you know? But that's completely wrong. Part of the human experience is loving and being loved. And a little bit of love comes with a little bit of irrationality sometimes. It is 
when your decisions are being completely controlled and you have no logic behind it is where it becomes an issue. Like when, here's a very toxic example. <laughs> you love somebody so much and so you put up with their toxicity. You put up with them cheating on you, committing adultery. That is completely irrational. That is wrong. That is not love. That is the irrationality of love, where you are willing to do anything and everything to maintain this love, even if it's not reciprocated in both ways. That is the irrational. That is the excess of loving somebody too much, that you would let their bad decisions continue on and continue to harm the relationship. And all because you love them so much, so dearly, are you willing to accept it. And now that's not the reality of love. That's not the reality of love. That's the reality of relationships. But love is not like that. Love is loyal. Love is to be experienced by both parties, not just one. Love is what you define it. But real love is not that. That is not love. So that is what this quote reminded me of. <laughs> so for the final quote, this is by Socrates. Wonder is the feeling of a philosopher and philosophy begins with wonder. Every one of us Stokes can appreciate this quote by Socrates. This quote brings back memories of this, this journey because it's, it's important to reflect on why, on your why. And this really brings that out. For me, because for me, it always been about being in control of oneself, not outside events, and trying to understand my role within these events that I cannot control. That's kind of my purpose, the reason why I love this journey. There is a sort of objective reality that our subjective minds live in. This is what brings me wonder. A philosopher is a lover of wisdom. Wisdom begins with ignorance and then motivated by wonder. I love this quote by Socrates because a philosopher continues to question, continues to ask the why, and then the why again, and then what, and then how. And I think that's fantastic because that asking all of those questions is how we got here today. Asking all of those questions is why we have all of the luxuries that we have today at our disposal. Because somebody asked why. Because somebody asked how. Because somebody asked what. Philosophy is not just a way of life, you know, as far as like, oh, finding the meaning of life or your meaning of life or, or anything like that. It's, it's, it's also a practice. It's also a... a um, like a scientific method too. <laughs> you use it a lot more than you think. Philosophy, you use it a lot more than you think. And a lot more people use it than you'd like to think as well. Because again, wonder, trying to ask the questions, that's all philosophical. That's a truly amazing. Because 
people who build things for, for the world, they all had to start by wondering. They were uh, lovers of wisdom. They, they wanted to learn more about a particular technology. They wanted to learn more about a particular policy and politics. They wanted to learn more about a particular sociology with amongst humans. Those are all philosophical things. Those are all philosophical mindsets that you have to delve into. Philosophy is everywhere. And that's why I love this quote so much. Because philosophy has built this world. That's how we got here. And I appreciate that. And I think we all should appreciate that. <laughs> so that is the fifth and final quote. I really thank you guys for listening in. I think this is month seven of these collections. So, I mean, month eight. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to a lot more of these. So thank you all for stopping by. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help out the show. If you would like to check out Stoic Sage merch or read about the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, don't forget to become a member for our new exclusive Stoic Sage episodes. You can sign up using the link in the bio. I wish you well, fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood. Thank you.